Blog Talk Radio. Sponsors, 
couldn't ask for better sponsors. In fact, I have two that I'm going to start the show with. The first one is Cece Chamberlain. Cece came to me, oh, several months ago. She was my very first sponsor. And she says, I've got a podcast tonight. I'd like for you to run an ad. Now, there's two ways that you all can, can get on the show. You can contact me at Off the Chain Radio and say, Vaughn, I want to be on the show, and I'll tell you how to get on the show. Or you can say, Vaughn, I've got this product, and I want to run an ad. For $10 a month, and ladies and gentlemen, whether I run this show one week or a month, nine days, 20 days, however many days in that month I run that show, I run your ad. Now, if I have to reschedule a show, I run that ad the next month. So I'm not in it to make money. I'm just in it to pay it forward because all of y'all have been – so good to me. You can send it to me in printed form or you can send it to me in MP3 form. Cece Chamberlain has a podcast called Inside Your Life with Cece, which is a motivational, passionate conversation. She interviews people who are living their true purpose, whether it be a professional boxer, an author, or a history enthusiast. She strives to give one hope for a brighter day with her inspirational words. So download, subscribe, and listen as CC guides you to pursue your dreams for you to live the best life ever. This wonderful show is available on podcast.com, iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere else that podcasts are available. The second sponsor that came to me, and she is also a guest on tonight's show, she is absolutely the the best. She She's wonderful. She has a series of books out. The first one was called Dog Gone, and the second one is called Dog Fight. And the main character in these books is a girl by the name of Sam Holden. And, and this is the, what the second book is about. Wherever a helpless animal whimpers in the dark, wherever the system fails to protect an animal, she'll be there. And she isn't giving up anytime soon. So you've been warned. When Sam Holden receives a tip about a brutal dog fighting ring, she embarks on some of her most dangerous acts of vigilanteism yet. The monster known as the puppeteer circles Sam's world as she unknowingly circles his. As they chase each other, the question is, will Sam put those she loves most in harm's way in order to bust up the ring? With time running out and animals in need, the dangerous life Sam's created begins to eclipse any other life she could ever lead. Buy Diane Moat's latest book in the Sam Holden series, Dogfight, on Kindle. And if you haven't read how it all started, you can begin the journey with Dog Gone, also on Kindle. And with that being said, Diane Moat is with me tonight. She is an author, a nurse, attorney, and a dog rescuer. Now, I have no idea how she managed to do all four of those in her lifetime, because I know how long it takes to become a nurse. I know how long it takes to become an attorney. I know what it takes to be an author, and I know what it takes to be a pet rescuer. The woman is is got the energy of 12 people. And she was born a Yankee, but we won't hold that against her, because she traveled down to Nashville as a tourist, and she liked it so much she decided to stay, so we adopted her. She's now been down south for long enough that she uses y'all and you guys interchangeably. And anybody that comes south and begins to use y'all, we know that in a prior life she was born in the south. She lived in the south in another life. So for her 50th birthday, Diane decided to venture into writing. And what started as a small project produced her first dramatic novel called Dog Gone. The story combines her love of animals with her fantasy of being able to stop animal abusers. After Dog Gone came a young adult novel, Guardian of the Way. Thoroughly bitten by the writing bug, Diane next began her middle grade series, The Supernatural Pet Sitter. And that one is a tongue twister. This award-winning children's series follows the adventure of a young gnome as she pet sits magical animals. I told you it was a tongue twister. A family series for all ages, the third installment in the series, is scheduled for release. And I think it's already out because this is an old bio. So we're going to find out. Diane, thank you for being here tonight, my friend. Thank you, Yvonne. And after that fabulous welcome, I really don't need to say anything. I'm just going to say good night. <laughs> but it's you also, said it all. It's also true. Well, okay, so, so 
so now you've said all these things about me, but I want to stop for a second and tell me how Jack is. I haven't seen any posts or anything about him. How is he doing? Jack takes one day at a time. Um, today's not been a good day. He 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 wanted to stand so bad that we stood him up to put him in his scooter. And he kept saying, if I can get my scooter, I can get better. And I'm saying, if you get in your scooter, you're going to have a heart attack and die because he has congestive heart failure and only 33% of his heart works. And so we stood him up, and my son put him in the chair, and his blood pressure shot up to 188 over 90, and he had uncontrollable shaking, and his pulse was through the roof. And I said, I told you your heart cannot stand the stress because your heart is doing all it can to pump that one-third of your blood to its vital organs. And when you shock it by trying to stand with aid, the brain goes, hey, stupid, send blood to the legs and feet so that they can hold you up. I said, and then everything else starts shutting down. He goes, oh. Well, he needs to listen to you. Is he listening to this podcast right now? No, yeah, he's asleep. You need to listen. So what I, I told him, I said, we are done. No more standing for you. We are done with this. I'm not having you have a heart attack and die. After all that I've done to pull you back from death for the fourth time, you ain't dying today. So what I wound up doing was getting a Hoyer lift. And yeah. I lift him, we get him out of the bed and put him in his recliner so he can change different places of being. That seems to satisfy him for a while. But I told him, I said, your days of being mobile are done. Cause oh, but that's he, so hard to hear. It is, but I've, I've I've always been brutally honest with him. And see, the bottom part of his heart is dead because he only has two working arteries, and that's in the top part. That's putting the blood in, and there's no way to get the blood out. So it sits there. And, and as a nurse, you know what that does. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, it's been an adventure. Well, you know, we all support you and... Or I'm glad you're back working, but anytime you need a break, you know, we've got your back. Thank you. I'll call you and say, Diane, do the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can do it. I'll <laughs> be adopting dogs on your show. I'll be like, all right, who wants a lab puppy today? There you go. <laughs> that works. <laughs> so you wrote something on your and ladies and gentlemen, this woman is, is phenomenal. I love her. She is, if she ever comes to the Treasure Coast, she has to come and visit me because she is one of those people that the first time you talk to her, she sends off such positive energy and such warmth that you just want to hug her. And that's the way I feel about you. You are so kind. But, yes, um, I did have some news. and. And it's in large part thanks to you guys and your listeners. Um, Doggone is now in the top 100 for Kindle free books, and it's in the top five of the three subcategories that I have the book in, the top five. So I I have to say thank you for both the – advertisement, but also just the support and the unfailing, just um, kicking the pants sometimes, keep going, just love that you give everybody that is on your show. I just, I can't thank you enough for that. And anybody who is thinking of a sponsorship for Off the Chain needs to stop thinking about it and just do it. It's easy, and the return is fabulous. And it makes me feel good because to to just be a small part of watching you grow and watching the book be successful, it makes my heart swell with pride for you. Well, I appreciate that. It is, you know, as, as writers, I think we really need to support each other. And oh, absolutely. I know from the support I've gotten from you and from other authors, I've been able to support authors now going forward. And I think we just need to keep that moving and, and helping folks. It's really hard to have a life and write at the same time, as you know. 
Because yes. you haven't written in a while, and we're going to get you back to writing soon. Well, uh, Jean Lafitte is is beating me up, and he's saying, "Oh, share, 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 share." Time to put me to paper. Me and Marie Laveau, we're going to do the voodoo. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, and is he getting louder and louder? Yes, he's getting louder and louder. So if I can uh-huh. get more than 20 minutes of sleep at night and I'm not stumbling around through the house in the morning trying to find the coffee pot, hopefully, hopefully in the next week or two I can pull Laveau and, and Lafitte out and do some more writing. That's my goal because they keep me sane or insane, you know, whatever. Uh, both of them. So you let yeah. us know when you start writing. So let us know so we can keep up with it and be cheering you on. Thank you, my darling. Now, on your website, I found something that resonated with me. And as a dog rescuer, and ladies and gentlemen, if you've never rescued animals, whether it's a dog, a cat, horses, wildlife, if you've never been in involved with pet rescue it can be the and correct me if i'm wrong diane it can be the most rewarding thing you've ever done as well as the most exasperating and depressing thing you've ever done it's like rescuing children from bed places it it tugs at your heartstrings, but yet it lifts you up in a way that you can't explain. Would that be a fair analysis? I think that's very fair. These animals, just like children, really are totally reliant on us. And anytime they're abused or neglected or just dumped out of a car, if you can help them, their little spirits are just they're so incredible that they can go through a nightmare and still wag their tail and want to give you kisses and just be so loving. I think it's a really good lesson for all of us about forgiveness and trying to just see the the positive in people. And and the reason I bring that up now is because on your website you wrote a saying that I think it was Gandhi created, and it goes, quote, the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated, end quote. And isn't that the truth? Yes. Yeah. That could also be said of the children, could it not? It could. Really, it could. I I would like to change it a little bit to say, that we are judged as a nation by how we treat those who are helpless. The way you take care of Jack, right? So you take care of Jack. He's reliant on you. We have lots of family who are struggling and are helpless. Um, it, It doesn't have to just be children, people with mental illness, people who are sick in many ways. You know, really those are the folks that I think we are responsible for, not just the children and the animals. And you are so right, and and I'm sure, as as a both as a nurse and an attorney, I, I don't remember what your specialty is as an attorney, but especially as a nurse, you've probably seen a lot that can never be unseen. Because I know I have, and I'm not even in the nursing field, but I've taken care of enough people and been in enough situations that there's things that I really don't want to see again. No, I I agree. I mean, all of these, if you look at all of these acts of violence that you hear in the news, you think about those people who have lived. They have lived because a paramedic took care of them uh, at the scene or, um, you know, folks at the hospital took care of them and their family and their pastor. And you think of all the people who have been then supported these victims, and that's just one small example of things that we all wish we didn't have to do, but we need to step up and help when that happens. But I would rather not see that. I would rather it not happen. But we can't really wish it away and we can't pretend it away. So the only thing we can do is 
you know, hold out our hand and whatever our area is, use that, whether it's you using your voice to educate people and support people, or it's, you know, somebody who gives $10 to the, the homeless guy on the corner who's also got a dog. You know, I carry a little bag of, um, it's got little baggies of dog food and crackers and bottled water and things. So you don't have to give money to homeless people. I mean, there are just lots of little things that you can, um, you can do every day if you just, you just think about it. Socks. Because most of the time, they're, socks, socks are, are and uh, underwear. I mean, most people wear the stand, standard size underwear. A clean shirt, even. Yeah, I I once saw something, and I wish I had. I, I need to actually do it and put it into action. I saw someone who created a list of packets to give specifically to homeless women, of you know some some deodorant and some feminine products and a brush, you know, a brush uh-huh. for their hair and, uh, you know, the little trial size shampoos and just make up a packet like that, that you could give to people. But, uh, uh, you know, toothpaste, the toothbrush, right, right. It's so important to just feel decent. And, um, but I'm afraid I haven't done it. So, you know, bad for me, I need to go do it and just stick it in the car. I've got lots of dog food in the car. Uh, but I need to have also some deodorant and a toothbrush. So, so ladies and gentlemen, we travel as as people all the time. We stay in hotels, and and part of what you pay for that night stay in the hotel is the sample products of the shampoos and the soaps and and whatever else. And they expect you to use those things because you pay for them. Those are perfect little things to put in little baggies to hand out. And let me tell you, if you if you hand out that one little baggie to someone, and Diane, correct me if I'm wrong, they share it with each other. Oh, of course, absolutely. So they may, um, you know, they may have a bartering system. And so, you know, they may be able to either – share it because they care and they may split a a small bottle of shampoo with someone else who needs it or um, you know their family so yes it can what what we would use a little bottle and you know those little trial size things I'll use half of it and then I'll throw it away but someone who's homeless or who really needs it they'll use every last drop of that so Uh it 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 really is is worth it to keep those like you said and um, and make better use of them so let's let's talk about Sam Holden. Sam Holden intrigues me because you also said because Sam Holden is is a rescuer. She she does what Diane Moat does, but she does it fictionally. And you your character Sam Holden is a a blending of Dexter with modern day Robin Hood. Now I love that description explain that yeah, so so Sam started out as a normal person and um, and along the way she's although I think she probably was pretty strong even for a normal person and at a time in her life that was really critical she came upon a dog that had been murdered and had been tortured and as she tried to find out who did that she ran up against just the bureaucracy and the lack of funding at the shelters and just the struggle that animal rescuers and shelters go through all the time and that this was not seen to the police as a murder this was seen as just a a dead dog and so as she she tried to find the person who who tortured and killed this dog she started to step outside the bounds a little bit and met some people who maybe wouldn't be folks we would see on a normal basis. And the line just became blurred. And for me, these books are a lot about good and bad and right and wrong. And where, where is that line? And sometimes we cross it without even realizing it. And, then when you cross the line a little bit, it becomes easier to cross it again. And so she, um, 
she eventually I won't I won't give away the first book, but she eventually does find um, this person, and you know, in her mind, she knows that he's going to kill animals again. And how does she stop him? And how does she help other animals? So she does become this vigilante who looks for cases where most of us just turn away. And we don't turn away because we're mean. We turn away because it's so horrible we just don't know what to do about it. And, you know, we see those pictures of a dog shot whose jaw has been shot off or a cat who's been set on fire, and we say, you know, that's really horrible. And for her, she instead will, um, you know, will – really try to track that person down and maybe post a reward for finding them or um, she has some friends that aren't exactly legal like one gentleman who's a retired mobster and so he sometimes helps her sometimes helps her color a little bit outside the line Uh, and and really she just moves farther and farther away from what we see as normal and the as the books go on I think we see more and more of that of how do you how do you pull yourself back from that and how do you figure out what's right and wrong is it okay to do something bad if you're doing it for the right reasons and that is the age conundrum and and, yeah, and I, I don't have the answer I, I don't think anybody does because it's justified, even though it is "quote unquote" outside the the realm of the law. And the other day, we were watching one of the the twenty four seven news channels, and the the woman that they're wanting to um, nominate for the head of the CIA, she she put it very mm-hmm. well. She said, because they kept asking her, how would you feel if they waterboarded or tortured our CIA agents, yada, yada, yada. And she said, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact quote, but she, it went something like this. We are a nation of laws. We operate within those laws. However, terrorists do not operate inside the nature of any laws because they have no laws. So I took it to mean, my opinion was she was saying, if we have to do the the wrong thing for the right reason, there is a redeeming virtue in it. Yeah. Well, and, and you and I both remember very well 9-11. Oh, yes. And it it is interesting to me how our feelings about things as a nation – the week after 9-11 are different from our feelings now. And I think that's part of the whole right and wrong, right? I mean, you, you, it all depends on the circumstances and where you're at and what's happening. And, you know, there were things I would have said were okay back then. And I might still say they're okay now, but I, I might hesitate. Um, well, and, I put myself, you know, I, I put myself, in this scenario, because I keep hearing people say, well, we have laws. Yes, we have laws. But on the other, and again, we're saying the right thing, the the wrong thing for the right reason. If your son or daughter or someone you loved, like Sam Holden and, and, and the, the dog rescues, if they are being held, or they're being kidnapped, or, or whatever reason they are they are outside of the scope of normal, and law enforcement has been known to drag their feet because they get wrapped up in their own stupidity. You go after them. How far would you go to save them? What would you do to save them? I have a feeling I know what I would do, and it wouldn't be pretty. Right. right. <laughs> and well, I would have it, no qualms exactly. about it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, and uh, and I also and I think we we need more education around our animal rescue because 
they're so understaffed and they're trying to work their best, but they can't go after these people. I mean, they, they have a, the places like the FBI and the local police, they have a hard enough time going after folks who are killing people. Exactly. Just, you know, and so that's not to blame them, but, but as you said, you know, somebody needs to be a voice for them. And where is that? Where is that line? You know, is it donating $5 a month to the local rescue? um, Or is it, you know, puncturing somebody's tires and grabbing the dogs and running? I mean, you know, there's. there's Or or is it, or is it keeping an attorney on retainer? Yes. <laughs> yes. Think about it. And Every then, animal rescue needs an attorney money. on retainer. So once those, once those people are caught, and also it wouldn't hurt to have a PI on retainer because those people are like predators. They repeat the same action over and over again because they don't think they're going to get caught. Well, and and I I very much believe that if you violently abuse an animal, two things. One is you're not going to stop. It, it's a sickness. So that's right. not just a casual thing. But number two, studies have shown that they very very likely may escalate to them than harming people. So you know, and I, hold I that thought. Be, hold that thought because we're going to run three ads right quick, and we're going to come back and talk about that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this is Off the Chain with your host, Yvonne Mason, and my guest is author Diane Mote, and we have just struck a wonderful conversation that we're going to come right back to about animal abusers escalating to abusing people, especially children, the vulnerable, and women. So we will be right back. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee-deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or... Visit QuinnWildlifeArt.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot. Hi, this is Winona and Jade inviting you to join us and our wonderful guests on the And I Thought Women's Cave podcast on Blog Talk Radio to learn more about our books, the And I Thought series, and The Misfit Guides. They're available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. Or just to see what your ladies are up to, you can find all of that out on www.andwethought.com. So peace and love from Winona and Jade and our books. (laughs) (laughs) You're so silly. you silly. Remember that? That's funny. (laughs) Remember to visit us at andwethought.com. Former Boston PD Captain Stanford Carter and his wife, forensic scientist Jill Seacrest, have decided to move to the Big Apple to accept positions with the New York branch of the FBI. Rookie agent Shania Deeprose completes the trinity as they collide head-on with raging and rampant social, political, and economic unrest amid a string of murders that seem unrelated and may be serial, copycat, thrill, or hate-driven as they struggle to understand the mind and thought process of the orchestrators, killers, and victims, the team begins to wonder who's who. The line between black and white, superior and subordinate, right and wrong, and good and evil disappears as they are forced to reevaluate their own thoughts, feelings, and philosophies. Ultimately, every character must come to their own conclusions to these questions. Is justice ever more important than the law? Is playing God justifiable if it's for the greater good of all? Come along for the ride to see if Agent Carter will decide to stick to being a hunter or become judge, jury, and 
executioner instead. Find the answers to these questions when you read the new book, The Killing Collective. The Killing Collective is a character-driven story with big characters with depth. They're soul-searching in addition to the biggest case of the agent's careers. The Killing Collective, available on Amazon in both Kindle and paperback editions. Order your copy today. We are back with Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author Diane Mote. And right before the break, we were headed into a wonderful discussion on one of the topics that's both her and my favorites. And, Diane, you you brought up that someone who abuses animals and is more than likely to abuse humans, uh, children, women, mass murders, it doesn't matter. And because they are sociopaths, they are narcissistic sociopaths, that's what serial killers do. They start out killing small animals. They start out pulling the the wings off of flies, off of bumblebees. Then they graduate up to, to in, in Schaefer's case, sand crabs. And then they graduate on up to small animals like squirrels and birds. Then they escalate up to people. The same thing with with the people that abuse dogs and cats. They, nine times out of ten, like you say, escalate into humans. Yeah, I think think we need to have more attention and more studying brought to that. I really do think that if we could track these people and maybe intervene earlier as I think you and I both know it's not likely we could change them into fabulous human beings, but at least we could have them on the radar and maybe stop them earlier from whatever they're doing. I I know the FBI has done a lot with this and they really have started to look at animal abusers and the link to mass murderers and, and sociopaths. And actually my, the book I'm working on now, dog bones, Sam is, starting maybe just a little bit of relationship with an FBI agent. And I'm not sure yet whether they're going to be friends or enemies or maybe frenemies, but, uh, but, um, but there is a, an FBI agent in the third book who works specifically with animal abuse and animal cruelty crimes because of this link. And because the FBI has found that, for example, a dog fight, an illegal dog fight is linked to gambling and internet fraud and all of these other things that really we, if we could see it as more than just animal abuse, as horrible as animal abuse is, if we could see it as all of these other things, I think we'd put more resources and attention to it. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, the, the old mobsters, part of their, repertoire or eras in their quiver along with drugs and prostitution and running illegal booze was cockfighting. Okay, that's a little creepy. That's a little creepy. That's actually in book two. Oh, that's scary. In book two, two, Sam breaks up a cockfighting ring. So for those of you who don't know, rooster fighting is a terrible, terrible, just, a cruel thing um, where they throw two roosters with either sharpened claws or um, sharpened beaks and they throw them in together and they bet on who's going to slice the other one to death. It's horrible. And, um, and you're right. And so, I mean, who's going to pay attention to some roosters that go missing or, you know, you can buy a bunch of roosters and the mob and just um, various local folks, can set up a, a fight and make a lot of money off of that. And Sam busts up one of the rings in um, dogfight. And actually the one of the folks in that um, come after her. I won't, I won't give all of that away. So, um, but, but, it, but you're exactly right of just that same mentality of making money off of living beings hurting each other. Uh-huh. It, just, it just has ripples and rings in so many different areas and then you become a sociopath and you get to write about them (laughs) and and they also also if we want to add uh sex slave traffic 
sex, I can't talk tonight, sex slave trafficking and kidnapping children to traffic in the sex slave market, as well as young women. All of that is bottom line profit for these people, and they don't mind using any of it. So, Yvonne, answer me this. Why do you think there's not more attention paid to all of this and more money in finances? Because we spend money on researching shrimps on a treadmill. You know, why is there why, – why is all of this not gotten more traction and publicity and money? I'm, personally, I think it is because it is the underbelly of society and people – People in general don't want to dirty their hands with the underbelly of society. They don't want to see what society is really all about because they live in their, for lack of a better world, gilded cages, and they don't want to to dirty their hands with that stuff they know it goes on but it's it's like well it's not in my backyard it's not my child it's not my dog it's not my wife it's not this it's not any of my family members not anybody i love so i don't see it it doesn't happen but yet you can california's in a drought because they won't release the water because of some silly little fish but you have children and you have women and you have young men disappearing every day into the sex slave trade. Yeah, I, I worry. So I, I totally agree. I think that people are happier if they can just go along and and not see some of that. I also think that both the children and the animals and those who really don't have a voice First of all, they don't have a voice, and secondly, they don't vote. So, right. You know, there, there's just not a there's just not any incentive for a, a politician to fight to put money towards that. There's not advocates out there really making this a priority. No, but we sure can vote to um, save this silly little fish. But yet, you've got people doing without water and and people's livelihoods going down the toilet because they won't release the water because the environmental group, I call them tree huggers, the environmental groups are saying, oh, but you'll kill the fish. Well, yes and no. Why don't you take that passion and save lives? Human beings. Right. The future. But it's hard. It, but it's well, hard. It's easier. It's easier to just click a Facebook like button and say, you know, save the fish. Really. Instead of being active and, as Sam Holden does in your book, going into the end, they really because to them ignorance is bliss. You know, if I don't know about it, it's really not happening. I'm happy in my little Pollyanna world that I look at through rose-colored glasses. But it takes a really strong person, A, to write about it like you do, and B, to go into that underbelly and take on organized crime and the the people that, that have the dirty money that can come after you if they choose. It, it takes courage to do that, and, and we as a society are not that courageous. No, and, and we are very focused, and, and I'm guilty of this myself, but we are very focused on our phones and on, you know, clicking an ad for shoes. You know, uh-huh. I mean, I, I think it's unfortunate, and, and like I said, I'm guilty of it. I, I would really like to be better about that, and I don't know whether I need to just set some concrete goals for myself, but... You know, I need to put the phone down and look around me and see what I can do to help somebody. Well, I think you're doing it. In fact, I know you are because your books have already raised awareness. I mean, look at the sales of them. And and even though they're fiction, 
there is a, a, a life's lesson in your books, and it makes people stop and think, wow, this really happens. So the next time something gets in their face, they're less likely to turn away and pretend they don't see it. Well, you're very kind. I hope so. And I hope that I hope that folks just continue to, you know, we say the words pay it forward. I don't know of a better way to say that. But like you do with these shows and, you know, if we can just, if we can just do that in a small way, I'm totally convinced it, it just grows. Oh, absolutely. Because they tell one person who tells another person and tells three more people. And, and pretty soon it's like a tsunami. It builds slowly and then all of a sudden it, it washes over people and they go, what the hell just happened here? And, I, and education is the key. And, and like I said, even though your books are fiction, I know you. A lot of research goes into your books, so there is a lot of facts built into these stories. And even when people are reading for pleasure, those things sit back there and germinate in their subconscious. Well, it's the same thing for your books. I think we all try as writers to give a bit of a message, not to be preachy, but to try to put within something exciting, try to put a little bit of education, whether it's about, as you said, child abuse or um, sex slave trafficking or any of that. If as writers, I think we can, we can make a story exciting and slip a little bit of education in there without people even knowing it, you know, that that's a nice goal. Like little 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 Easter eggs that they that's find right. in Easter eggs. <laughs> and right. and they put them in the back of their mind and then a story will will jolt it back to the forefront and they go, "Oh, I need to go do this or I need to contribute to this or I need to help find this person that's lost or this child that's lost or this child that needs my help or this this abused mother that needs my help. Education is the key, and it's not always an in-your-face thing. It's subtle, like Sam Holden. Maybe they can learn to be courageous like she is. Maybe. Without having to bail each other out of jail, hopefully. Oh, come on, Diane. That's part of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say we need an attorney on retainer. I have several. So. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, I, I've got a friend of mine who she and I both are pretty much rule followers. You know, we believe that if you follow the rules, it things should be okay. And we will say once in a while to each other, we have got to pick a rule and go break it. Just oh, because absolutely. We, you know, we're just getting too stuck in doing everything by the book. So, And, and um, not only and, that, Diane, but rules are made to be broken or bent. Bent, bent to the point of broken. Sometimes I just bend them. Sometimes I break them. Just depends on what day of the week it is. But when when you find that you can break that rule, something wonderful happens. Yeah, yeah. Just by doing it, you start to look at things a little bit differently and maybe think outside the box a little bit. And um, it doesn't have to be a big rule. Yeah, just maybe jaywalk or something. Just. <laughs> Okay, folks, we are not encouraging jaywalking, okay? Well, not on a busy street anyway. (laughs) Right, 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 right. But but think about it. Some of the rules that that are out there are just so asinine that when you stop and think about it, you wonder what drunk engineer figured it out. Right. And why haven't we undone those rules? That's what we need to do. We need to focus on the ones that we need to keep and then stop wasting our time on the other ones. Exactly. You are exactly right. See, you and I have just solved all the world's problems in in 45, 50 minutes here. (laughs) That's right. And and you and I are going to be sent to North Korea to help work this whole thing out, and we're going to – you know, sure. I'm going to bring a dog. You and I are going to sit down, and you know, we we should be able to figure out this whole world peace thing. We w- between the two of us, we will absolutely convince Little Rocket Man that it would be in his best interest and the best interest of his starving country to behave himself, because 
we know where the bodies will never be found. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm, convinced, I, I'm convinced he needs a chihuahua. He just needs a little dog tucked under his arm. Can you just picture him with a little dog? Oh, that would be too funny. <laughs> that would be hysterical. Now, what in, I think his shorts are too tight. I think you're right. I think his shorts are way too tight. He he needs to just get a pair of boxers that go, com, you know, commando. It, 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 yeah. His shorts are just yeah. way too tight. Or so or, or as he I could get some silk boxers. Yeah, that would work. Yeah. And, and then maybe get laid once in a while, and that would make him. That would that would open up all of the neurons and the, the happy things and he, the endorphins, and, and life would be good for him. You know, if he would just, just like we've been talking about good and bad, I don't think he sees himself, and, and I'm not talking politics, I don't think he sees himself as evil. No, he I does. think he's had, gener- he's had generations of thinking he's doing the right thing for his people, and and he's not. And so once he realizes that, I, I mean, I think everybody's got it inside them to do better. Could you just see him, you know, handing out food and getting a food line for, you know, the hungry and, you know. But you got to remember, our- though, Diane, narcissistic sociopaths, never change their stripes. They they always believe that what they're doing is right, and they never take responsibility for any of their actions. Yeah, that's true. It's true. And he probably, you know, it's been so ingrained in him, and he, I'm sure, has just talked about somebody who has buried some bodies. I am sure he has buried some bodies. And ah. well, when you yeah. kill your uncles and your brothers and, and your yeah. aunts and anybody else that looks at you cross-eyed, I don't want to stand next to him on Judgment Day. No. And I just changed my mind. He can't have a chihuahua. He doesn't get a dog. <laughs> no chihuahua for you, Rocket Man. No chihuahua That's for right. you. No dog for you. No dog for you. <laughs> well, we just solved that problem. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We just came full circle on that one. All right. Yeah, he has no rede- sadly he has no redeeming virtues. But de- there's an old adage, dance with the devil you know or dance with the devil you don't know and and we for the most part know him, so I guess we'll be dancing with him for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And we know exactly what he wants and uh-huh. you know, you're right. There's there's really not any secret there. So He um, reminds me so- of Napoleon. He has a Napoleon complex. He does. He does. He even kind of walks like I would imagine Napoleon walked. Yes. A little man mm. with with an over overextended sense of power and self-importance. And he he really is a very small man. Mind In wise. many ways. Yes, yeah. exactly. In many ways, yes. So now we understand him. <laughs> Now we understand. That's right. That's right. And I had a boss everyone... like that one time, and I called him the little Napoleon, and so I understood him, and he could could never get under my skin because I just look at him and laugh at him. Yeah, there is something to that whole, you know, the Napoleon complex. It is, it's very clear to those around those folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Since we've come full circle, what are you working on? Uh, I'm working on dog bones, so that's Sam's next adventure. Um, She's in a little bit of trouble, so um, I'm a little worried about her right now. Not sure how she's going to get out of it, but I'm sure she'll figure it out. Uh, (laughs) And I um, I have two new rescues for a few weeks. I've got two Shih Tzus who were part of a cruelty case, and I'm keeping them for a little while and getting them getting them sort of tweaked up, and eventually we'll find some homes for them. So they've been uh, taking up some of my time, and um, and between those two things and then work, it's just... Uh, well, like are they said, adjusting? Yeah, they're... You know, it is it's amazing how they can come from a horrible situation and they are the sweetest, lovingest dogs. Just so sweet. Uh they if you pick them up, they just flop over and they won't move. As long as you hold them, they just won't move. So 
Um, so, yes, they're adjusting. Well, they feel now, safe. You, they feel safe. What, what are you going to be doing now? When are you going to start writing? Let's, let's nail this down here. All right. Um, my goal is to start writing not this coming week because this coming week is insanely busy, but the week, the next week. The, my birthday gift to myself, because my birthday is next week, my birthday gift to myself is the week after is to start writing. So hold okay. my feet to Even, the fire. I will, and all your listeners will now too. So we're going to be watching you. You're going to need to put it on your, your Facebook and all of that and keep all your well, listeners Well, I do, I do have a page. I have a page for Jean Lafitte that it's a group that anyone can come. In fact, I'll send you the invite, and you can come and join us because I have a bunch of stuff up on that page, and it's it's for it has little snippets and all kinds of good stuff. So I'll send you a link. Good, good, good. Well, yeah, I even I can feel he's getting antsy. So yeah, he's getting antsy. Uh, it's, it's time. So even. 15, 15 minutes. You don't really need to shower. Nobody's going to smell you anyway. <laughs> I barely, I barely do that anyway. <laughs> so and, and hold my feet to the fire. Go to the bathroom or anything. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I, I have to schedule that in. I told my husband. I said, okay, when all this is over with. I am penciling in a nervous breakdown. If I have to go do street drugs like Thorazine and Prozac and, 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 and Xanax, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown, and you're not talking me out of it. I think that's probably a nervous breakdown is the healthiest thing you could do. So I'm putting that in my planner. <laughs> okay, pencil, pencil that one in. Yeah, pencil it in, then I have to erase it, move it up down the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell the folks where you can be found, because believe it or not, we're almost to the end of our hour. Okay. Um, so go to dianemoteauthor.com, and that's got all the links to the books, and that'll take you right to anything that you need, dianemoteauthor.com. Thank you. And she's also on Facebook, ladies. And, and will you come back? On Facebook. I would love to come back. So I'll come back when um, we can talk about your book. Well, that might be a while. Will you come back before then? <laughs> I'll come back before then. <laughs> okay. Okay. I would love to. Thank you for all your support and just you know, I go back to I go back to seeing that rank this morning of um number two, number two and number five in my subgroups on Kindle and just uh, I can't tell you how much I and the other folks out there just appreciate your support and and bringing us out and talking to us and making this so easy. Well, Johnny Carson taught me a lot. Years ago when I used to watch him, he would put unknown guests, people that nobody ever knew about, such at ease, and they would be nervous wrecks, and he would put them at such at ease on his couch, and half the time he had notes, but they wound up over his shoulder, and they would just talk. Well, by the next time he brought them back, they were famous because they appeared on Johnny Carson's show. And I always wanted that ability to make other people feel so at ease that they could just talk about anything and they could be successful. Well, you've got it. You've got it. And I just appreciate you so much. And make sure you say hello to Jack. I will. And, uh, and we're all waiting now for your birthday. Thank you, darling. So, ladies and gentlemen, Diane said she will come back. So, remember that. Go and get her books, her Sam Holden books, Diane Mode on Amazon. And remember what I say at the end of every show, that people will forget your name. They will forget what you look like. They will forget what you're wearing. But they will never, ever, ever forget how you make them feel. And, and it is my hope and prayer that when each of you listen to this show and then you leave the show as a guest, that you feel and you understand that you're the most important person in the room because you are. This is not my show. This is your show. You the listener, you the guest. I am just the facilitator. Y'all are the ones that have made this show successful, and like I said the other night, it's all your fault. And I appreciate it so, so much because, I want each and every one of my guests to be successful, and I want my listeners to be successful. That is very important to me because when I am at the end of my days, I want to be remembered for making a difference. So with that being said, 
Diane, don't hang up after we go dark. That being said, we will be back next Wednesday night at 8 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time. So join us on Off the Chain with your host, Yvonne Mason, and Diane, author Diane Mode and I say have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And all of you mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. All you grandmothers, happy Mother's Day. And all you owners of pets, happy Mother's Day, because they are fur babies too. So until next Wednesday night, we say good night. Okay, now we're off the air, but you okay. but you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, when this goes up into archives, I'm going to put it on my page and tag you in it. And then tomorrow I'll put it up on all the podcasts and send you the links too. I'll tag you in the links. And you share it, share it, and share it. I will. I will. Thank you. Great job tonight. Great job. Go check on Jack. I will, and we'll get you set up to come back on. When is the dog bone coming out? Dog bone. Um, I'm hoping by the end of June, early July. Well, let's see if we can find a way to launch it on this show. Oh, that'd be fun. Okay, I'll let you know as it gets closer. All right, let me know. Okay. Okay. Thank you, my darling, so so much. It was a it was Thank wonderful. You. I loved it. No, you were great. You were great. Thank you. And it's so good to hear you back doing this and just fabulous. So Thank have you. a great night. You too, sweetheart. Give the give the okay. four babies a hug. I will. Okay. Uh, give I, Dad a hug. I okay. will. Good night, Bye-bye. darling. Bye.